Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and integrated well-being. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is most definitely all about the heart. Today we are talking about hidden wonders and curious surprises of the world. I get a lot of books and films and people send us lots of things to look at and review and contemplate um, guests for our show. And my next guest today, um, really, his, his book landed on my desk and I fell in love. The book is Atlas Obscura, written by Joshua Foer, Dylan Thuris, and Ella Morton, or edited by, I should say. And we have Dylan Thuris in the house. Welcome, Dylan. Let's just jump right into this book because I'm so excited about how travel and happiness relate because they are, to me, one and the same. Yeah, uh, to me as well. I mean, the the book um, came out of the website. So there's a, a website uh, called Out Here that Josh and I founded in 2009. And it came about because I was headed off to live in Eastern Europe for a year. And we started talking about not being able to kind of find the sorts of places that we like to find when we traveled. And these are the sorts of places that are, you know, a tiny museum that's only open for a couple of days a week and only has crocheted objects in it or, you know, some kind of outsider art project where someone's been building a castle in their own backyard for 20 years. And so we thought maybe we should make a place where we can not only put the things we know about uh, that we think are wonderful and wondrous and overlooked, uh, but other people could do the same. And so that's how Atlas Obscura was born. We really quickly found that there were a lot of people who enjoyed uh, exploring the world in the same way we do. They derived a lot of joy from it. And um, and then we decided this would be a wonderful thing to turn into a book so that you could sort of, you know, hand this to someone. It can be a little bit complicated to explain what we're talking about when we talk about what makes an Atlas Obscura site an Atlas Obscura site, what the, what the thing that holds all of this together is, because it's really a sense of 
of wonder and surprise. Uh, and so this way we can sort of say here, you know, open to a page and start to get a sense that the world is actually bigger and weirder and more wonderful than maybe you, you had imagined. And if that's not a happy place, I don't know what is. And when you look <laughs> at the research on cultivating emotional well-being or becoming happier, um, uh, having the quality of wonder and curiosity are what the happiest people possess. And that's why I think it ties in so beautifully to what we do here. And I mentioned to you when we first got on the phone together um, that I had opened to Warzazat cinematic sites in Warzazat, Morocco, and, and I had been there. And you just burst out laughing, which made me very happy because th this is what we're talking about, these obscure little places where people have a commonality, like, oh, yeah, I've been there. And then, you know, we, we didn't even talk about what we liked about it. But Yeah. Uh, did you have a good experience? It's, it's, it's the film studios, right? That's what you're... you're... Yeah. They're in the uh, middle of the desert, in the middle of the desert, at the at the Sahara Desert, at the base of the Atlas Mountains. And it's where like seriously famous films like <laughs> Gladiator, The Mummy, Game, Game of Thrones, Lawrence of Arabia were filmed. And I actually went horseback riding across the Sahara at that place and feel pretty snazzy about it. That sounds like a really, a really wonderful experience. That sounds great. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I, I think, you know, uh, for me, it's actually, it's on both sides of this. What's interesting is both the travel and the sort of giving yourself the permission to to not just hit kind of the, like, bucket list, top ten, but, like, giving yourself the space, the time, the permission to travel, to be curious, to be really open to new experiences, even to accidental or happenstance experiences. It's a, it's a hard thing to give yourself the space to do. But I think if you can, you find that it's uh, rewarding in almost every way. Like not only is it a rewarding travel experience, but it's a rewarding personal experience. And I'd, I'd also say I had a, a kind of a, a relevant um, experience the other day in, in LA. We were taking some journalists on a tour of various sites across the city. So first we went to what's called the Holy Land Exhibition old museum based around this guy who was the inspiration for Indiana Jones, essentially. It's kind of a multicultural religious collection. And then we went to Bob Baker's Marionette Theater, uh, which is this incredible uh, theater from the 1960s where one man created essentially a kind of um, mecca of marionettes and he, he would perform. And he's since passed away, but it's now run by this wonderful uh, young man named Alex. And then, and so on and so forth. And we went to, to four different places that could not have been more different. We ended at the sort of city archives, this huge collection of municipal documents. And every single person at every single one of these places inhabited basically an entirely different universe from each other. But their commonality was they were all so deeply, incredibly passionate about the work they were doing, about the world that they were sort of living in and creating. And it was it was like a, tr a total joy to step into their world for a little bit. And that's, I mean, that, I think that's one thing that connects a lot of the Atlas places, you know, whether they're sort of art related or museums, uh, you know, collections, it's the person behind it is someone who said, I'm going to dedicate my life to this thing. And that sort of dedication and uh, I think sense of, of being really, 
you know, the the master of your own realm, saying, I, I you know, this is this is a space that I understand deeply and care about deeply. Not a one of them seemed like they wanted to be anywhere else but where they were, and that really, it really struck me. Actually, I don't, in a way, I, I don't think I'd quite even made that connection until I sort of went to all of these places and said, man, every one of you is like a deeply joyful, passionate person. And that's a nice, a nice thing to be around. Um, yeah. So. And, and, and what I love about what you just shared is like when you meet somebody in their joyful place, in their happy place, in these wonderful um, destinations that are off the beaten track, you're meeting somebody at the level of their heart. I mean, it's 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 not yeah. just the place itself, but you're actually meeting them at their 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 passion, their creative force, and that's what makes to me that's what made this book so powerful and makes some of these places just an absolute delight. And and it really is about stimulating the inner adventurer, you know. So we go off on the journey of discovery and see some good stuff, but also discover about ourselves. Yeah, and and I think part of the one of the main things we we hope people take away from this book and the website and the whole project is, you know, there are these places are there amazing places far flung. You know, there's incredible places in Turkmenistan and Peru, but there's also incredible places like a mile from where you live. Uh, and it's sort of about you know trying to see the world with with new eyes. And you know every. Um, every one of these places, like we were just saying, uh, so many of them, the quality that makes them wonderful is that there's someone's sort of true passion. Or, you're right, their heart like, is, is what makes it what it is, from a great you know, indie bookstore up to a, uh, you know, a self-built castle. The thing that makes it such a uh, worthwhile place to go and spend time in is, is that someone sort of poured their themselves into it and you can kind of feel that and it's a good it's a good feeling you know and in the united states we have lots of these places like you said in our backyard in fact um this past summer i had gone to the spiral jetty for the first time oh that's a beautiful look were you able to see it when it was because i know it sort of depending on water levels it, it kind of comes in and out of the uh the lake there no water just pink no water pink yeah, pink um, um, salt, and I wanted to spend the night out there. That was my intention because it was during the meteor shower. But yeah. one of my travel companions, my teenager, refused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not staying here, Mom. Take me to Park City. She should. She should be ashamed. She should be the intrepid one. <laughs> I know. I know. I know, but the, the, the but the beauty of uh, of this is like uh, this is not a book that you actually can schlep with you as the adventurer by throwing it in your backpack. It's better uh, a planning tool to sit down and really look at the world, which is what you've done, broken it down by um, continent, and see all the coolness that is is there for the the adventure. Yeah, and I, and I think like ultimately, you know, the book has. 700 places that span the entire world. The site has 10,000. Both of those are nothing. They are like dust on the wind that is the true sort of amount of incredible, wondrous places around us. And, and you know, again, it's sort of like as much as it is a guide, it's a framework for exploring. Um, it's, a, it's a reminder that, 
you know, the thing that makes a place amazing is its its stories, the people who are behind it, you know, and that's and that sort of is an infinite scale. There's not, you know, it's a it's a bucket list, no bottom. <laughs> uh, yes. So that's sort of our hope. That's the idea that I think we really want to get across is like it's a way of kind of trying to be in the world. We are going to jump off to a break, but before I do, I want to give all of the contact information. Once again, the book is Atlas Obscura, available at booksellers everywhere. Its editor is Josh, or editors are Joshua Ford, Dylan Thuris, and Ella Morton. To learn more, please visit atlasobscura.com. On Twitter, that handle is Atlas Obscura, and the hashtag, of course, is Atlas Obscura. And on Facebook, you can find out more at Atlas Obscura. Here come the tunes. We write back, and that is a promise. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast because we are talking about An Explorer's Guide to the World's Hidden Wonders. It's a new book. It's an older site. We're talking about Atlas Obscura, which was written by Joshua Foer, Dylan Thuris, and Ella Morton. And I have Dylan Thuris in the house, and we are talking about the the heart and soul of the adventurer and what makes these global curiosities such an important part of the human experience. So Dylan, talk a little bit about the difference between travel and being an adventurer, because I think this is the the real point of this book. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, one of the things 
that made us really want to put this all together is the sense that, you know, I think a lot of people have the sense that the world is kind of, it's all been done. It's all been seen. It's all on the internet, you know, that this is, it, it, you know, why sort of even look in a sense. Um, and, and we just felt that that was the completely wrong way to be existing in the world. Uh, and also just frankly wrong. Uh, you know, so we, part of why we put this book together and the site is to show people that there's this enormous variety of, of surprise and wonder all around them. And I, and I think the difference uh, or the thing that we're hoping is to just provide a little nudge for someone. We don't, you know, to, for me to be an explorer, you don't need to be some intrepid mountain climber. That's, that's really not what it is. What, it's, what it is is being willing to say, you know, I know that there's this sort of classic list. I'm supposed to see this and I'm supposed to see this. And this is what it means to go to Paris or to Rome. But to be willing to go a few blocks out of that sort of raging current, that river of, of sort of tourists and travel and say, I'm going to take this small you know, tributary and go explore something that maybe in its strangeness, in its unusualness, will actually show me more about the place I'm in. I, I think, you know, we sort of gathered some of these places that I think a lot of people might consider unusual, strange, weird and the point of it is almost to say, this is our world. This, by looking at the margins, it expands what you think is, is sort of possible in the world and hopefully gives you some sense of hope and possibility for yourself as, a, as an explorer and maybe even for yourself as what you might, what you might spend your time doing. Yeah. I, and the other thing that is cool about the locations in this book is it, this is not about consumerism. This is a very different approach to travel that is not about the end game and the tchotchke that you bring home. It's about the memory that you get to make. Yeah, I, I find it very strange, uh, the movement in travel towards sort of homogenized luxury, because the idea of going someplace else to have the experience that you could have literally anywhere and trying to replicate that experience around the world is feels to me like you're robbing yourself of the very thing that you're sort of trying to do. So, I, I mean, you know, if you want to stay at a nice hotel, stay at a nice hotel, that's great. But that's not an experience that you're necessarily going to come and want to tell anyone about or that's going to expand your own sense of yourself or, you know, the world. So we're really, you know, we have, we don't have a lot to say about, about basically fancy hotels or fancy restaurants, they're fine. They can be wonderful, but they're really, what we're focused on is trying to guide people towards experiences they might not otherwise have. Um, so, so yeah, so in that sense, we are, we are very non-consumeristic. And I'd also say we want to keep these strange, wonderful places alive and in the world. So the more people we can send their way and the longer they can keep the doors open, the more sort of wonderful and textured the world remains. I wanted to read a little uh, caption from the book jacket itself, because I think this really encapsulates what's your, what you are saying very nicely. More cabinet of curiosities than traditional guidebook, Atlas Obscura revels in the unexpected, the overlooked, the bizarre, and the mysterious. Yeah. That's it, uh, right. right? I think that's that's very accurate. and. And the cabinet of curiosities comparison is a good one in the sense that 
when people were assembling those cabinets in the sort of you know 15 and 1600s in the pre-scientific era, they were assembling them not just as oddities, but to try and understand the possibilities of the world. And I think that's that's exactly what we're after with Alice Oscura. And also what I love about the book is that on the, the first quote at the beginning of the book by Abraham Joshua Heschel, it says, the beginning of our happiness lies in the understanding that life without wonder is not worth living. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, it's about as good a quote for this book as we can we can have. And I'll actually, my co-author Josh has a quote that he coined and is very good as well, which is which is that uh, novelty expands time and monotony collapses it. And so new experiences really, I think, quite literally can make your life feel bigger and longer. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because those new experiences do several things for us happiness seekers, you know, or happiness experiencers, they, they make us become fully present, you know, and the buzzword yeah. today, you know, is mindfulness, you know, mindfulness is the new black, right? But the, the reality of it is, is when we um, adventure, and we discover something new, you know, a new place or, or something about ourselves, we're in that place of curiosity, which roots us firmly where we are. You know, the past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. It's only that moment which will never be lived again. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think I think for people, it can be hard. It can be a little bit frightening to sort of put yourself in that situation. So I think we are trying to be your guide, your your nudge, your hand holder and say, it's all right. Go go to this place and, and have that present experience. Yeah. So talk for a second about the website, because the website has been um, an amalgamation of, of your discoveries and the public contributing to it, or how does that work? That's right. So we knew when we started this, you know, we could have filled it with a few hundred places that we knew about and thought were incredible. But, you know, the, the, we knew that to sort of really make it rich and varied and around the world, we needed the help of everybody. Um, every every sort of amateur explorer out there, everyone who takes the time to kind of like walk the, a, a different way than they've walked before and notices something amazing, uh, those are our people. And so it's the site is now uh, well over 10,000 places uh, submitted by people from all over the world. The range of kinds of places is enormous. Again, sort of from abandoned places to outsider art projects to small museums, to natural wonders. But the thing they all contain is a, a story and a sense of, of surprise that such a thing uh, could exist in the world. And especially, you know, such a thing could exist and you probably have never heard of it before. Um, we're always really pleased when people say, you know, I've been living in the city for 20 years and I have never, ever heard of this before. Uh, <laughs> Bingo. <validates laughs> what we're after. Big joy, right? Right there. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is this is kind of a tribe of um, adventure nomads, really. That's what I hear you talking about. People, you know, when they go and they do their thing and they make their discoveries, and the the thread that ties everybody together is this curiosity to, for an experience that is less traveled, less worn. Yeah, but but for me, what's interesting is it's not. It's not all people who are sort of some people surely are, you know, they, they are absolutely traveling 
country to country, they're sort of doing these huge wild event, wild adventures. But other people are locals who just dedicate themselves to sort of really knowing their city, really walking around it, knowing those little corners that get evil, easily overlooked. Um, and so that sense of being a kind of a uh, adventurous nomad is almost independent of geography and, and more about uh, a willingness to kind of be intellectually curious. Uh, a way of being in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Which you can be even in your supermarket, actually. Yes, sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we don't think I mean, of it that way, right? It's like, it, oh, yeah, any, we know any, that market. We know we, we think we know those aisles, but I guarantee anybody that's listening that if you were to really, you know, open your eyes, you would discover some very unknown food product that would blow you away in your very own think, neighbor, neighborhood market. This is maybe even hilarious. Like anything beheld long enough starts to become truly bizarre and amazing. I, I, there's a there's a place, a good example of a place that doesn't seem wondrous at all, but uh, is is there's a big sort of boxy warehouse in the Bronx that is one of a, a few places in New York that are sort of quote unquote spaces of banana control, um, and you never <laughs> think about how all the bananas get to the supermarket and are ripe. But essentially there are these enormous warehouses where they come in in different states of ripeness. They're put into these chambers that uh, use a certain kind of gas to ripen them. And they have a series of sort of gradations that they use to know when they're ready. Uh, and in fact, these, these places used to explode uh, because the gas used to ripen the bananas was, was combustible. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where you've never thought about it. And as you, once you start to really think about sort of how a banana has gotten from where it is to your hand, the world begins to kind of warp and shift into this stranger and stranger place. Yeah. And, and smaller. And so very interconnected and interdependent, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the, the great banana incubator in New York. I get it. I, <laughs> I, I have that. I'm holding a vision here. And yeah. th this book is filled with, with hundreds of them. We are nearly out of time. So I just want to encourage our readers to, to find the book, buy it, sh read it, share it and go do it. The book is Atlas Obscura. My guest today is author Dylan Thuris. And he co-authored this book with Joshua Foer and Ella Morton. To find out more, please visit www.atlasobscura.com. On Twitter, that handle is at Atlas Obscura. And the hashtag, of course, is Atlas Obscura. And on Facebook, you can connect with the team over on their page, Atlas Obscura. I'm just going to open to like one random page just for fun sure. before we go, because maybe that's where I'll have to go next. And I opened up to the Caño Cristales in Latin America. And I don't know what this is, but it's a river of five colors. And uh, I think I'm over and out and on my way. Here come those tunes. Dylan, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. And that's a promise. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. 
Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about some of those things that make us happy. In the prior half of the show, we were talking about the wonder and delight of travel, the exterior pursuit of our bliss when we travel and go to places unknown and far away and sometimes near. Now we're going to rein it a little bit and come to the interior experience, the inner journey towards curiosity, wonder, and delight, and the element of surprise. My guests today are William Arntz and Deirdre Hayde. We're talking about their new book, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises. William Arntz started his professional career as a research laser physicist working on Star Wars high-energy lasers. He then moved on to software writing auto SIS an automated job control system currently in use by most Fortune 500 companies. He sold that company, retired, and then decided, <laughs> decided I, was, I, I said the word desired, but because I, I think it was a, a Freudian slip, desired to make a film, creating and producing and directing What the Bleep Do We Know, an exploration of spirituality, quantum physics, neurology, and outrageous possibilities. And his partner in crime... Deirdre Hayde has been an artist, a visionary, writing poetry and conversing with the mystical worlds. As a ballet dancer and choreographer recognized by Robert Joffrey, she has performed throughout the country and founded the dance ensemble Celebrations of the Sacred. She has worked around the world, spreading radiance, healing and meditation through the through the founder, as a founder of Radiance Healing and Meditation. And she is here with us. And we're talking about their newest book, as I mentioned, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises. Welcome, Deirdre and Will. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. Really delighted to be here with you today. Likewise. Let's, Let's talk about the inspiration of creating this book, which actually looks like, to me, um, a textbook that I would be given, you know, in school. And I find that that is charming. You know, it's like the handbook. How do, how do we do this thing? So where, where it came from, it's, it's very circuitous path, but that's part of the surprise, of course. Um, I got a phone call from a friend some months ago, and she said, you know, I know Deirdre's been working on uh, a, a series of novels, and but I know she really wants to get something out, and I think 
someone could just put together very quickly a book of quotes, because there's 10 years of her teaching in transcripts, put together some quotes, associate some pictures like someone was doing on Facebook, and do a little book. So I thought about that for a day or two, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, that could probably happen pretty quickly, and because I'm a filmmaker... Um, as a filmmaker, you spend a lot of time going through transcripts and figuring out how they all work together and whatnot. So I said, okay, let me think about it. Um, I more or less immediately came up with the concept of calling it the Little Book of Surprises. And in a minute, I'll tell you why. And then um, started working on it, and it was like magic. Within three weeks, we had a 60-page prototype together, which we showed to publisher Bill Gladstone, he goes, I want to print this. And I said, well, Bill, that's nice. It's not quite done. Um, and basically, within three months, we had, a, we had a book. And it was one of those things that Deirdre and I were just, we were just kind of laugh and look at each other that it, it happened so quickly, as she would say, we were in the river. And uh, that's really how it came about. Well, and talk about surprises, right? You know, you know, when you're on the right path, I think, you know, Joseph Campbell talks about, you know, uh, when you know you're following your bliss, doors will open for you where there had once been walls. So it, 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 the flow is indeed what you're talking about. And I think really speaks to surprise. Well, yeah. and then the other the other portion of all this was, of course, there's all uh, Deirdre's poetry and transcripts from her teaching for all those years, and then the really the third leg of the tripod, or the troika, as they would say in Russia, um, the third leg was Andrei Balog. And Andrei um, is a award-winning photographer. He's been taking photographs for years, and um, he's, he's such an artist. He, has, he had 3,000 beautiful pictures laying around on his website, and he didn't know what to do with them. So it turns out we did know what to do with them, and it was almost spooky how some of the pictures he had taken three years earlier would be perfect for a given quote. So that was, again, that was part of the magic. And indeed, these photographs are exquisite. I happen to have opened the book today. Uh, I've been looking at it all week and open to the flaming toaster. <laughs> 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 which I think is such a great image. I have to speak up now about uh, my husband, Will, creator of What the Bleep Do We Know, who uh, when he said to me, I want to take your poetry and your mystical insight. I've been teaching out for, you know, over over a decade uh, and, and make this book. I said, great, go for it. Well, he did two things. One, he picked everything I ever said that was a little bit cutting edge, a little irreverent. Um, I told, I teased him because I said, well, it's probably a good thing you picked the quotes because if I did it, the book would be pink. So we have a joke because <laughs> I have one pink page. But getting to the toaster, this was Will's idea. Will took the, the quote and he uh, said to Andre, I wanted, he, or, he, you know, designed the whole photo and uh, that's just Will's great sense of humor. And uh, trust me, living with Will is always a surprise. <laughs> well, clearly, way, I'd love to read, picture. or if you have the book next to you, I would love for you to read one of the accompanying quotes to this flaming toaster. I will be glad to have it right in front of me. Oh, um, go, please, Deirdre. Okay, so this is the quote with the flaming toaster. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just... <laughs> 
boom, you're enlightened. That doesn't happen. Um, it's a series, and they build because the big one, the big kahuna, if it comes too early, you're toast. You're toast. You're in the psychiatric ward or you leave your body. Time to go. Oh, I'm in the light. Yeah, but you lost your body. So you go to the Lords of Karma and say, oh, I went into the light. And they're like, yeah, well, you big dummy, you dropped your body while you were doing it. That wasn't the plan. You're supposed to keep your body. So back down to earth you go next time. When you go into the light, don't leave your body. Lovely, Uh, lovely. And the image, of course, is this old retro toaster with uh, flames coming out of it on a a sort of an old old reclaimed wooden table. It's great. Great. Yeah, by the way, I, I bought that toaster on eBay. I got the idea for it, and I thought I want it to be an old toaster, so I bought it on eBay for $15, and good old eBay. It's a, it's a good you know, toaster. I think the, um, you know, with this quote, um, the reason I was happy that Will put it in is that I know in all my years of teaching and being in spiritual community, uh, for my whole life, uh, diff- different paths and different studies. Um, I know that wanting and desiring transcendence is a, is a deep, deep desire of our soul. However, that has to be a balanced with being very grounded and balanced with um, not so much thinking that transcendence, but allowing one to live in a central pillar of balance and harmony between a transcendent state and a very mundane earthly state. Uh, and so I feel it's really important that we understand that that these higher frequencies and these energies can sometimes get us a little loopy or in some cases, um, with especially with addiction, because I feel that people who get into addiction, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to find an experience of just going through the wrong door so you can get yourself into trouble. So I, I want to, to help people to understand that, and you'll find that later on in the book, that um, it's about being right here in the mundane world but holding the light here in a very balanced way, you know, the, the, the kind of walking in the central down the middle of the road. Um, so, you know... Anyway. I, I, I'm think I'm I'm imagining as you're speaking, and I'm seeing this this flaming toaster, and I'm thinking about the the metaphor of what you just said, you know, of the of the mundane, of the the earthly life. You know, we all know what a toaster is, we all know what it does, and we all are seeking some connection on some level to spirituality or something greater to ourselves. And so instead of, you know, Moses and the burning bush, bush, we have the, uh, the mundane average human and the burning toaster, you know, that's perfect. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Seeking, seeking enlightenment in the everyday existence. Exactly. By by the way, do you see the little surprise in that picture? I do. I see that there is a face that is staring yeah. up to the heavens. Right. Yeah. yeah, when when Andre first did that, he did a couple I kept saying, no, no, do this. And he finally came up with that final one. And I didn't see that face for the first five times I looked at the, the picture. And then one time I was looking, I was like, oh, oh, my God, there's a face there. 
And, there, uh, is, there is, there is. And I think this is the point of the book, you know, the, the, this element of surprise. And I want to get into, we're going to go to a break in a minute, but before we do, I just want to introduce the concept of there being some sort of um, perhaps unorganized science uh, about the element of surprise and how it affects us on every level, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So just like before we dance off to break, give us, give us like one or two words about that. Well, I guess um, I'll take the lead on this one, because that came about really when I was thinking of the whole idea of the Book of Surprises. And uh, part of the research I did with What the Bleep was a lot about the, um, the chemistry of the brain, the chemistry of the body, the peptides, and what happens. And one thing that I learned was when you have a surprise, basically your entire, your entire um, ecosystem of your body changes. The peptides change, the hormones change. You literally can be a different person. And so for spiritual transformation, that's the name of the game. So if you can utilize the surprise elements, I mean, things happen like um, the brain uh, has a thing called neuroplasticity, which is the ability to rewire and learn something new. After surprise, the neuroplasticity goes off the charts. So after the surprise, you can literally rewire yourself as you come back in to something new. And so that was really the idea behind the surprises. It wasn't just, you know, a jack-in-the-box. It was yeah. really, the, behind that was the idea of using it for transformation. We are going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the the spongy mind and what it does as a result of surprise. Um, my guests today are... Deirdre Hayde and Will Arntz, and we're talking about their new book, um, the not-so-little book of surprises, or the little book of surprises. To learn more, please visit www.bookofsurprises.com. On Twitter, that handle is at book underscore surprises, and on Facebook, the not-so-little book of surprises. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. 
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? It's kind, it's free, it's legal, it's available 24-7, and we are talking about curiosity. We're talking about what makes us feel most alive, that being curiosity, wonder, and delight, and how surprises in life, whether they're an an internal experience of what we're going through or an external event, can keep us alive, open, and able to be transformed. My guests today are Deirdre Hayde and William Arts. They are the author of the not-so-little book of surprises. And prior to the break, we were talking about, or we were beginning to talk about the the science of surprise, how it alters us, how it alters our brain chemistry and makes us more receptive to that growth, change, and transformation. So Deirdre and Will, have at it. I am so excited to hear more about what you have to share. Well, From the mystical point of view of a surprise, the spiritual uh, perspective of surprise, in all of my years of traveling and studying and being on the spiritual journey of awakening, no matter how much we meditate or we pray or we do whatever path we are on, when that aha moment comes, when a perception changes, when all of a sudden the person that you've been so angry at you really don't, you're not angry. It just got lifted out. When you have a greater vision of what reality is, um, when that happens, it's always a surprise because yeah. it's always so new. It's so different. And I hear people over and over and say, I, I was so surprised. I had no idea this is what non-duality or union with God or one that felt like or or I was so surprised I actually didn't get mad at my husband when I was normally I do that those changes that's the real transformation and it happens physiologically it happens mentally it happens spiritually it's when our whole package moves into a new uh, into a higher consciousness that's the big surprise and it's really fun when that happens. And part of what we're trying to do in this book, there's a a quote I'm going to read that goes right along with that. Quote is, my question to you is, how many illuminations have you had that you didn't take in and were wasted? Just think about that for a minute. Do you think there were illuminations, true prophetic experiences for you that came and you did not open to them? You walked right by? Well, the answer is yes. You've had a few. So part of what we want to do with this book with surprises is, you know, you may get a surprise and not realize it. And so it's like, you know, wake up to the fact that there's a surprise around the corner, that the world is not going to necessarily be exactly like you think or like Deirdre just said. At the moment where you would normally yell at someone, you just instead smile at them and say, I understand why you're upset. So, I mean, that's that's part of what we're trying to do, and this is, is wake people up to the fact that you're waking up all the time. And yeah, I, I really hear that, and I, I mean, I see that in the writings and in my experience of the book, but I want to check in for a minute about our need as mortal humans to believe that we can control, and really what you're asking us to be open to is this element of surprise, which is the releasing of control in order to actually get what it is we really want out of life. 
Absolutely. And surprise, surprises are God's gifts of awakening. Some surprises are uh, are not joyful or not happy. You know, some surprises that happened in life, if we lose a loved one or something happens unexpectedly, it can cause us to to feel out of balance, to to be upset. What's wrong? My life that was a surprise. That that was not what I planned in my life. Um, but every every turn of the corner of our existence, our experience here in this world, is truly a gift. It is a gift to become a deeper, wiser person and a more fulfilled person. There's a gift in every surprise, and as uh, because we have our egos, which are so wonderful, they help us navigate the world and, you know, show up at 6 o'clock if we have an appointment. You know, there's a good reason to have an ego. But where the ego uh, starts to um, kind of morph is this uh, this thing that we have to want to control. And, and you know, I'm, I'm on the top of the list of that. I really want control of my life. And um, I've had to learn to let go and be in the great river because the great river knows more than we do <clears throat> excuse me about what's good for us um but the when we let go of control and this is so it's a relinquishing it's more than surrender it's just like ah oh, okay i'm going to i trust there is something greater than me that loves and cares for me and this something has wisdom and in this moment, there's a wisdom to what I'm experiencing. Even if I don't understand it, I'm going to inquire. I'm going to look deeper into it. I'm going to ask why, and I'm going to find the light. What's the gift? What's the message? And that is, Lisa, the path of becoming free. And mm. it's an individual path we all have with a greater reality and with the creator however we view that and it's direct between us as an individual and the creator uh, and when we can just breathe in the surprise and even if it's if it's something painful in life experience it fully don't be afraid of it say i can with you know with uh a higher power with God with me, I can experience this and find the gift because there is always a gift in every surprise. Yes, I agree with you that, you know, the, that the, um, we need to go searching. We need to go hunting sometimes for the meaning. It doesn't always appear, but exactly. I think that is part of the challenge of the surprise. Mm-hmm. That's right. And also being who we are as curious, inquisitive people, that's, part of the grand game, you know, the big game. Um, we love stories. We love games. We love treasure hunts. And that's, that's the joy, going on that treasure hunt. And, you know, ultimately the, the treasure is ourself. But we have to go on the hunt to find ourselves. That's just the way it's set up. <laughs> yeah, right? It, it, kicking and screaming as we may, you know, we, we, we resist these uh, – surprises or these uh, life events when they when they come our way but when we lean into them you know we often are surprised once again of the silver lining or the or the gifts of of that situation revealed to us 
um, strengths that we never knew we had or parts of ourselves that we never knew existed. Absolutely. That's exactly right on. And this whole conversation of surprise is exciting to me. Um, you know, when Will brought up, he said, oh, well, you're, you know, what you say or you're insighted, there's so many surprises. I haven't really heard it put this way. Uh, I said, wow, that's it. That's a concept we haven't really addressed in the, uh, you know, out in the world that much about what really is a surprise. We talk about transformation. We talk about mysticism, spirituality, um, uh, mindfulness. I said, but wow, surprise. If we could study this and really put our mind on it and become mindful about surprise, think how incredibly powerful that will be to our development as a human family. Yeah. Oh, I agree. The element of surprise is very, very powerful. And I think that's one of the reasons why many of us enjoy travel so much, because when we put ourselves out there on that path, you know, to, to, to experiencing something new, we're making an agreement already that we're open to surprise. Yeah. Remember the famous line from uh, Lord of the Rings when Bill, Bill, Bilbo goes out on his adventure, and and the line is something like, you know, as soon as you take a step outside of your door, you are now on an adventure, and you don't know what's going to happen. So if you don't want that, you better stay inside. And that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> that is a great quote, actually. You know, and uh, it, it speaks to everything that you've done here. You you are definitely not staying inside with this, and I I appreciate the. Um, desire to 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 shake us up with the book, you know, with with the writings, with um, Deirdre, the, the the work that you've done over the years, and these magnificent photographs, approaching the challenge because it is challenging us to do something different. Yeah, and yeah. some of the, uh, the the photos, there was a whole process of associating photos with some of the quotes, and um, there was a. Uh, I did a lot of it, but, you know, Deirdre would do some, Andre would do some, Jill, uh, the graphic artist who laid everything out, Jill Hawkins, she would do some, and, and occasionally, and especially Andre was good at this, he would, he would send one in, he goes, I think this picture goes with that quote. And I look at him like, what are you smoking? No way, no way, you know. And then I would think about it a little bit later, and I'd think about it a little later. Next morning I'd wake up, I'd go, oh, my God, it's perfect. You know, and so it was, um, there was like a time bomb. So part of the idea we talked about in the book is some of these surprises are time bombs. You sort of, you know, you, you'll read something, you'll go, I don't understand, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then a month later, something happens in your life and suddenly it makes sense. Or in the case of the, the photos, you, and we do that on purpose. They're not necessarily, the toaster is pretty much like right there, it's, telling you about the quote but some of them are a bit you you got to make a leap in your mind in order to put the two together and then when they go together there's that clunk of all the tumblers lining up in the lock and the door opens speaking of time we are out of it today oh. because we've flown through 
everything that we have to give at this moment. The book is the not-so-little book of surprises. My guests and its authors are Deirdre Hayde and Will Arntz. To learn more, please visit bookofsurprises.com, on Twitter at book underscore surprises, and on Facebook, the not-so-little book of surprises. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio today. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my wonderful guest today, Dylan Thuris, Deirdre Hayde, and William Arntz, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with TogiNet and KBUU and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. Go out and rock your day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new broadcast and continue to harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on iTunes and SoundCloud. To learn more about Lisa's global practice as an applied positive psychology coach specializing in lifestyle management as well as addiction and trauma recovery services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness.